City Church. And again, I just want to let you know how awesome it is to be able to worship God with each and every one of you. We have such a wonderful church. You guys are just such awesome people. And again, I just want to say how much I appreciate all of our volunteers as we've celebrated them last Sunday evening. And it was such a great time, but we really do have a great community of people. And I want to encourage you to keep on doing what you're doing. As well, I shared last week that we have an opportunity that we are looking for some people that might be interested in driving our 15-passenger van to help us pick up men and women from the mustard seed who are looking for change in their life. And so if that's something you're interested in, what the requirements are is that you have a class four license and a willing heart. Now, if you are like, man, I would love to be involved with that, but I don't have a class four license, come and let us know. We might be able to help you with your uh, ability to do that. But again, we just want to be able to continue to meet the need of the people that want to be here. And I think God has blessed us. Amen? Isn't that an awesome thing? Well, today I get to uh, start a brand new preaching series with you called Reach. And, uh, uh, and, and as I was beginning to do this, one of the things that I, 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 I just want to share again, isn't our, the weather that we're having here just awesome right now? Isn't it just great? I mean, besides the few days where we had smoke, I mean, have you ever seen anything quite like that. Uh, in fact, for those of you that like camping, I mean, I'm sure some of you, they're, they're not even here, so they're probably already gone, but with the way things were, were, were happening, you don't even need to go camping. The smoke just kind of like came here. All of my clothes smelled like campfire. All of my, uh, you know, just uh, the house, the car, it was like one big campfire. Now, and, and to kind of add something to this, I was at my son's baseball game on Thursday night, and one of the dads of the player on my team came up to me and said, hey, 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 he's like, I know you're a preacher, man. I was like, oh, that's good to know. He's like, and I think you have connection with the big guy upstairs. He said, uh, could you tell him, could you just pass on a message for me that if he wants to smoke, could he use a lighter brand of cigarettes or filtered cigarettes. It's really getting into what I want to do here. I thought that was kind of interesting. And f- Well, I'm believing that there's even going to be nicer weather as we move forward into our summer. And speaking of the outdoors, have you heard about the challenges that, the, that mountain climbers are having reaching the summit of Mount Everest. Have you heard the news where it seems like in the past few months there's just a a lot more people that seem to not be making it or surviving that hike? Well, um, I believe that that is one of the most incredibly dangerous um, hiking opportunities that's out there. If you're a mountaineer, it's kind of the pinnacle of what hikers want to do. Now, what makes it amazing to me is that Mount Everest is not an easy climb. It's not something that you can just kind of willy-nilly go out and do. In fact, there's so many ways that you can be hurt in climbing that mountain. First of all, if you've ever studied the uh, Mount Everest, it being the highest peak on the earth, that avalanches can occur at any time. I mean, you could be up there, we've heard of people just getting wiped out by avalanches. Or bad weather can just kind of come in within an hour. It can be really nice in one moment, and then all of a sudden a storm sets in and people are in trouble. But to go along with that, because it's such a high mountain, 
you can get something that's called altitude sickness. Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced it in your life. I, I was in Arequipa, Peru about four or five years ago. Uh, it was over 10,000 feet uh, uh, above sea level there. And what, what I learned about altitude sickness is it doesn't matter how healthy you are. It even doesn't matter how strong you are. It can sometimes affect the most healthy people where it can put you in a place where you're in trouble in a very short time. And now, as well, when you do that hike, it's like just the, the, the sheer lack of oxygen and the physical fatigue that you go to, it doesn't take long and the body begins to break down. Now, here's what my question is. Why do people do this? Why would anybody in their sane, right mind choose to climb this mountain? I mean, with all of the risk and, and the fact that you could literally lose your life and people are losing their life, why would you do it? Well, here's the answers that, that I believe that I've come up with today. Maybe you have some different than I do. First of all, because it can be done. Because there's a mountain to be climbed, people will climb it. They will take that as a challenge. And second, I believe this because it's inside of the heart of man to do those things that seem impossible, am I right? To reach what is impossible. You see, this, uh, this afternoon as we begin our new series called Reach, there are many things that we in our lives will reach out for. First of all, we reach for goals like climbing Mount Everest, which I don't know if anybody here will ever do. Maybe you will. Or how about just finishing school? Or we reach for that eternal renovation project in our house that never seems to get done. Uh, I, how about this one? I like this. We can reach for the cookies at the top of our pantry. Who here, who here likes to reach for cookies or other snacks? You, you're like me. You, you like cookies and snacks. We can reach certain stages of life or different stages of life. The teen years, uh, the graduation from high school or university. Do I have any people that are graduating this year from high school or university that are in here? Can you kind of just wave your hand? Yeah, that is awesome. Let's give them a congratulations. It's that time of year. Or how about retirement? Uh, you don't need to raise your hand. Some of you might be doing cartwheels here like, yes, I'm going to retire. We can reach out to a friend or loved one. You see, when we talk about reach, we can define it many ways. And here's what the dictionary says. It is the act of reaching out with one's arm to touch something. I, I like that, that definition. That Really, the reach is what can you touch? Now, I know if I am camping that I can grab mosquitoes with one really quick motion as long as they are what within my reach. Reach also is defined as the extent or range of application, effect, or influence. You see, every day we're surrounded by people who are within our reach that we can impact, affect, and influence. Am I right? That we have people that surround us every day. That we have children, friends, coworkers, even the attendant at the gas station, and many more that need to be reached. Not just for anything, but I want to say this today, with the love of Jesus Christ. You see, here's the question. What if we used our friendships and our influence and combined it with the power of God? What would happen? What, if, what is the potential of what we could reach together as a group of people? What if God would use you to transform or change a life? How awesome would that be? Or what if I told you it was possible to reach beyond yourself and see God do miracles 
through your life, who would be excited about that? You see, that's what I'm talking about. So you see, what I'm asking you to consider today and what we're going to talk about for the next few weeks, i got to warn you right now, it is a little bit risky. It could be a little bit dangerous to your regular, normal, everyday life and its routines. However, if you dive into what I'm going to be talking with you about, it will bring great fulfillment and eternal rewards. What do I mean when I say reach? I believe it is allowing God to use you to reach the people that you encounter every single day. Or if I could say it like this, God reaches the people around us through us. You see, God could in his power and his might and his authority reach people without ever using the rest of humanity. He could have just been like, I will do this on my own. But because of his great love for us and the way that he designed the world around us, he determined that, we would be, that he would reach people through other people. That he needs other people who are willing, able, and have a heart to do these things. You see, our goal as a church, and something we aspire to do is to reach the people around us with the love of Jesus. And you see, this is where I believe that life and faith become exciting. It's living an adventure every day. You see, if you say, God, would you use me each and every day? Would you use me to show people how much you love them? Who here knows that your life will never be the same again, and you're going to experience things that are going to be greater than you could ever imagine. I promise you in that. But here's what we need to know in order to do this. You see, some people might be like, Pastor, you know, th that's awesome that you're talking about that, but I'm just not that kind of person, or I, I don't have those skills. I'm not a pastor like you. You guys just seem to have all these special gifts or abilities. I'm here to tell you, I'm just a human being just like you are. And that God wants to use you as much, if not even more, than he wants to use me. And here's what, it, here's what I want you to know. It does not require a great title or position. It does not need any special skill. It does not involve special knowledge of the Bible. How cool is that? However, the one thing it does require is a willing heart. A willing and obedient heart. Can I just pray for you right now today? Father God, I want to thank you for every person that is seated here today. Lord, I thank you for who they are. I thank you for how you created them with their unique giftings, their unique personality, their unique pers the person that they are. And Lord, I pray that today you would open our hearts to receive, our eyes to see, our ears to hear, Father God, what you can do in our lives. Lord, would you allow us to be those people, would you make our hearts willing to be those who would reach for other people? In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen and amen. You see, some of you might not know this, but God created you to reach other people. It's in your DNA. It's part of you. In fact, it was part of God's plan in the beginning. If you turn in your Bible with me today, I'm going to read out of Genesis chapter 1, Verse 28. Now, when we look at Genesis chapter 1, for those of us that have read that in the very beginning, it's where God created the whole world. He created the heavens, the universe, the sun, the stars, all the planets, all the galaxies. He created the plants, the animals, and the, one of the last things he created was what? He created us as human beings. Well, and, and we are his most precious creation. And here's what he said to 
us when he created us or about us. It says, then God said in verse one, chapter 28, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Now we read this and it's really easy to take right off the beginning that we see the part of to be fruitful and multiply and we think it's only about physical reproduction that God just says, you know what, you need to make more babies, inhabit the planet and I'm going to here to tell you some people here are better at that than others. God's given you a gift for that. We praise God for that. Um, but that's not the only thing that God's talking about here. You see, his directive was not only that we would reproduce children physically, but that we would reproduce his character and his nature in other people around us. That God would, would, would be, uh, his character and nature would be spread to other people through our lives and what he's done inside of us. Does that make sense to you today? And I believe this because here's what we're really saying. Because God has touched my life with his nature and his blessings. It is now therefore my responsibility to touch others with his nature and his blessings. However, it's one of the most ignored parts of our purpose here on earth. That a lot of people, even followers of Jesus, don't understand that this is one of the main reasons why God created you. You see, then Jesus carries this thought on and and, and we see this in Matthew chapter 8 before he leaves the earth and he goes to heaven. And he says this in Matthew 28 uh, verse 19. He says, um, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus declares that those who follow him should reproduce others who follow him and become like him. You see, the idea of reaching people was not just a good idea for us, but Jesus actually gives us this directive. He says, look, if you're my follower, if you're truly following after me, here's one of the things, here's something that's really important I want to say to you. My expectation is, is that you're going to reach out and do the same to other people. That you're going to share what I've showed you, what I've revealed to you. You're going to spread my love. You're going to spread my goodness. You're going you're to bless people. But you're going to teach people what I taught you about how to live a triumphant, victorious, effective, awesome life. It's kind of like paying it forward. That you're going to keep paying it forward to the next generation, to more people. You see, God reaches the people around us. I said this before, how through us. He reaches them through us. Now, we have to understand why things are as they are. You see, to understand this, you have to understand what the heart of God is like. And the heart of God is this, is that he is this, you know, in the Bible, when he talked to his disciples about, or us about how to pray to him, he didn't say that we we're to call him Lord or that we're calling him the king of the universe. What did he say we're to call him? Our father, his father. Why? Because he is a dad and he loves children and he wants more children. In fact, if I could say it this way, uh, there's, God is continually wanting to add more people to his family. In Luke chapter 14, we see a parable about a great banqueting feast where God, adds, where God is talking, giving us a picture of what his kingdom and what heaven is to be like. And that the invitation that goes to everybody. And here's what it says in Luke chapter 14 and starting in the second part 
of verse 16. It says, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. Who here knows if you're going to have a big party, you're going to invite your friends. You're going to invite people that you want to come. You're going to send out invitations. So he says, when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. I mean, it is party time. But they all began making excuses. So the people that he said, I want to invite, they said, one said, I've just bought a field and I must go and inspect it. Please excuse me. Then another said, I just bought five pairs of oxen, really brand new car, and I want to try them out. I I, I want to, to go dry that, but please excuse me. And another one said, I think this is a legitimate excuse. I just got married, so I can't come. He didn't even try to explain what was going on here. He just said, not coming. And here's what it says. The servant returned and told his masters what they had said. And his master was furious and said this. He said, go quickly into the streets, into the alleys of the town, and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And after his servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. So his master said, go into the country lanes behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. In God's family, if I can put it this way, he's always looking for one more. God always wants one more to be added to his family. You see, there are two other ideas that I want to share from Luke 14, just so that we understand this, that when we are looking to build relationships with other people, when we're looking to reach out to other people, I want you to understand this. There will always be people who accept the invitation, and there will always be people who reject the invitation. You see, there's going to be people that for whatever reason do not embrace either you, I'm sorry to say that, or what you believe. They will have a thousand of excuses about why they can't get together. Have you ever had somebody in your life that's like that? You're saying, hey, hey, let's get, we need to get together. We need to go out for coffee. And it's always like, oh, man, what a bad, I'm so, I really want to do this, but, but, you know, this day isn't a good day. Or, or, or they're like, hey, uh, you know, let's, let's go to a movie here. And they're like, oh, yeah, I really want to go see that movie. But, oh, oh, man. Uh, this is just not, it's not working for me right now. And you go on and on, and it's like every time you go to do something, they come up with a new excuse about why it's not going to work. Or you ask somebody to come to church with you. And it's amazing. They're like, oh, yeah, church would be awesome. And then the night before, the, you, you, you're like, they, they give you a text or a call, and they're like, oh, yeah, something came up. I, ju- I just, it's not going to work. You see, we're going to face that in life. And we got to overcome that. we got to be able to push through that. Because I believe this, that there are some that will not come. And then there are going to be those who will come. Because they're looking for genuine relationship both with you and with God. And as you learn to share your life and how Jesus has changed your life, they will respond to the gospel or what Jesus has done for them in a positive way. Now, the second thing I want to say about this, that those who you reach, many times will be different than who you thought you would reach. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, or maybe you've been, you're, I'm sure more, most of you are way more spiritual than I am. You know, sometimes you look at people and you're just like, oh, that person will never come to church. Oh, that person will never, will never change in their life. And, and, and all of a sudden, what happens? 
They're the one person that changes, that God touches them, that God begins to move on their, their life. And you're just like, whoa, God, this is amazing. I didn't really believe it. But oh, God, this is so cool. It's so good. It's so awesome. You see, we got to be willing to let God be God and for us just to obey him and do what he asks us to do. You see, many times, though, we stop short of doing this because of a few reasons. And I want to give you three reasons why sometimes we don't reach out to people, why we're, we don't do what we maybe think that we should do. If number one is a fear. We're afraid of what might happen. In fact, in my mind, fear is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, reason that people do not reach out to other people. I got to be honest, nobody, nobody in their right mind wants to feel like a nerd, especially a religious one. You know, our nature is to avoid uh, uh, rejection, confrontation, typically at all costs. I remember when I was a kid, when I was growing up, I, I know this is going to probably surprise you because I'm preaching, I'm talking in front of you today. I was an incredibly shy kid. I didn't really talk to people. And one of my greatest fears was talking or asking somebody for something over the telephone. You see, I lived, I got to be honest, I'm dating myself. I lived before, you know, cell phones and computers. It was the, it, the telephone was what was our mo means of communication. So my mom would be like, you know, you need to call your teacher and, and let him know you're not going to be at school tomorrow. I'd be like, oh, no, don't, no, I can't. I'm not going to, I don't want to do that. Mom, can you call him for me? You know, when I was like 16. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's like, oh, I, don't, I just I didn't want to do it, and so I tried to avoid it whenever I could. I just was so afraid. I thought of a thousand reasons of why people wouldn't reject me, or they would be mad at me, or they'd be unhappy with me, and so I just didn't try to do it. And, and so the reality was this, that, that I discovered after some years of obviously where, where I'm at today is that I discover this, that the more I learned to talk to people on the phone or talk to people in general, the more comfortable I became doing it. It required me, though, to step out of my discomfort. It required me to be willing to push through my fear. And my hope as we continue through this series of reach is that each one of us will take another step, another step past our comfort zones and into what God has called us to do so that we can be more effective to seeing people come to know Jesus. The second reason we don't a lot of times step out is we're not sure what to say. Who here would be honest? You know, you know, I, I, I like what you're talking about, Pastor Todd, but I'm just afraid that somebody might ask me a question that I'm not sure how I'm going to answer it. Or even worse yet, I just, I just think when it comes to talking about God and Jesus and things like that, I just don't want to sound like I'm really dumb. I mean, I, nobody wants to sound dumb. They don't want to sound stupid. We don't want to feel like we don't know what we're, we're going to do. Well, let me give you some good news here today. You see, when it, when, it, when it comes to our faith, here's what we're going to work on. I, I want you to understand this. Here's what is exciting. Every one of us can learn the basics of the gospel or Jesus story. If we're willing to put in a little bit of time, each one of us can grow in our knowledge of the Bible. You see, it, it, it really becomes something that is more simple the more that you lay it down. Basically, here, here, here's what the gospel comes down to. Every one of us without Jesus are sinners. 
And so Jesus came down from heaven to earth. He was an innocent man who died on the cross for our sins. He shed his blood for us. Why? Because sin separated us from God. But Jesus' blood not only covered our sin, it removed our sin and now allowed us to have a relationship with God. But the way that we have relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. And you just have to accept Jesus' forgiveness and his love for you. How does that sound? You see, God wants to help each one of us just understand them. You don't need to talk about the seventh horn on the, the ram in Revelations. That's, you don't have to know all of that stuff. And here's what you do. If you don't know something, I want to give you permission to do something I've done a thousand times in my life. If somebody asks you something and you don't know the answer, here's what you say to them. I don't know the answer. But you're a pastor. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to go look it up. I need to go talk to somebody. I need to go research something. And I'd say this. If you don't know the answer, say, look, I'm going to look it up, and I'm going to get back to you. You call your friend. You go online. You listen to uh, T.D. Jakes, Timothy Keller. You go on blogs. You can do all sorts of research, and then you come back and you say, here's what I learned. Or how about this? Maybe even you take somebody with you that you're like, oh, I know that they know the answer to that. Let's go have a coffee and meet together, and we can talk. And we get stronger and we get more confident in learning how to share our faith. Yes. You see, over the next few weeks, we want to help you gain confidence when it comes to reaching people. To be able to talk to people both through their heads, the knowledge of things, and their hearts. You see, what has God done in your life you see, I believe God wants to help us understand that if you have seen God do something in your life, you now have a story or what we call a testimony. And it's just learning how to share, this is what God has done for me. Did you know this? People can try all they want, but they cannot argue with what God has done in your life. That is your story and your story alone. But here's the last thing, and if fear is at the top of the list... This for some might be just a close second. The reason that we don't always reach out or with other people is that we just get so busy with life. I get it, life is busy. Especially if you're working to balance a career, have a growing family, you've got some extracurricular activities with your kids through sports or music or dance or any of those things. I get it that life can be busy. School schedules, work challenges, domestic needs can leave little time for much of anything else. However, I'd like to share with you today a little secret, a small secret to a secret, uh, a secret to a full and satisfying life. You see, this is a secret that will help give you more life. In fact, if I could say this to you, you, if you are really busy, you need God more than ever in your life right now. And here's what my secret is. If you take this and make it a part of your life and you take it to heart, here's the secret. The secret is including God in whatever you do. See, it's learning how to bring God with you in whatever you're doing. You're meeting people for coffee, God's with you. You're looking for opportunities to say, oh, maybe there's something I can pray for that person about. Whether it's publicly with them or when you go home in your private prayer time, then you can say, I'm going to pray for Dave at work. He's having some difficulties. It's learning to take God with you when you're picking the kids up at school or you're dropping them off when you're at the gas station or the grocery store or the movie theater. That when you're driving in your car with people, that Jesus is with you and that you're willing and able to say, Jesus, I, wanna, I want you to be First in my life and every part of in everything that I do. 
It's learning to see the opportunities to reach out each and every day. You see, we've talked about this before, but there's a scripture in Matthew 6.33 that says this, seek first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. What it's saying is put God first in everything you do. And then what does the second part of that verse says? And then everything else will be added to you. What God is really saying is, look, if you put me first, I'll take care of the rest. I know I've watched God do this over and over and over again in my life. So how do we live like this? Or then, then what do we need to do? How do we reach those around us? Well, to answer this question, I would like to read about a story in Matthew chapter 22 where Jesus is answering a question that had been presented to him by a group of religious leaders known as the Pharisees. And as he answers this question, I believe he answers this question for us. And it says this in Matthew 22, verse 34, but when the Pharisees had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. The religious leaders loved to try to trap Jesus with their questions. And one of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. He said, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, first, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So the answer to our question is the answer he gave the religious leaders is how do we live like this? How do we, how do we overcome our fear? How do we overcome busyness? How do we, learn, how do we overcome the, the, the fear of answering questions? He says, first of all, here's what you got to do. You got to love the Lord your God with every part of your being. I kind of said that before. It's putting God first. I, I'm just, God, I want to love you. I want to I honor you. I want to do your will. And the second thing we need to do is learn to love our neighbors as you love yourself. You see, these commands are connected to each other. You see, the question is, is how do you love, demonstrate your, you love God with all your heart? I believe this, by loving your neighbors, by loving the people around you. See, when we talk about your neighbor, your neighbor is really, the, it was defined literally, it's defined your fellow man, your, your countrymen, your friends, those who are around you each and every day. It's learning how to love them. And here's the truth that we have to talk about when it comes to love. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. Why would Jesus use that? Because here's the reality. We love ourselves more than anything. <laughs> we love ourselves more than anything. We, 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 we take care of ourselves. We feed ourselves. We bathe ourselves. We look after ourselves. We know what we want. You see, where do most of our disagreements come in our relationships? When we feel like somebody has wronged ourself. When somebody has said something against ourself, when somebody doesn't meet an expectation that we have that you should do for thyself. And so Jesus is saying, look, the way, the way to reach people, the way to overcome your fear is to look after them the same way that you love yourself. He didn't say less than your, he said the way you love your, do that to other people. Show them that same love, that same attention to detail, that willingness to overcome those things that you maybe look at in your life that aren't really that great. 
learn how to love them. You see, the key to learning to love others is the same way as we love ourselves. So then what is needed, and this is what I'm going to finish on today. What do we need to do if we're going to live this lifestyle? Well, first of all, we've got to embrace the call. We've got to embrace the call. What do I mean by embrace the, embrace the call? Accept that you were created for loving and reaching other people. You gotta accept this. You gotta say that this is my destiny. It cannot be just something that you kind of throw in there once a year because there's an Easter invitation to give to your neighbor. It's not something that you, you look to, to kind of say, well, I'll do it when I, when I have more time on my hands. The reality of it is, is that if you want to be somebody that, that really, really, really sees God work in your life and move through your life, you got to embrace the call that God has called you to reach people all the time. you got to make room for people in your life. That You've got to be willing to, to allow God to use you. You need to remember this, that, that you got to make it part of who you are. That, you know what, God, every day when I get up, I'm embracing this call. Who, who can I impact in a positive way today? And you know, it doesn't have to be that you preach the gospel to them when you, you, you quote scripture over them. You know, sometimes it's just like, hey, how are you doing? What's going on in your world? Hey, can I encourage you with something today? Hey, I like the, I like the, the, the clothes that you're wearing. I like the, your, your hairstyle. Hey, I've been thinking about you. I've been praying for you. I've been praying for your family. It's being willing to say, God, use me however you want today. Secondly, if you want to do this, you got to become intentional. Uh, change does not happen without committed intention. You can have a great desire and very little results. Who here has ever done that where you're like, you know what, I've been planning to, to clean out that cupboard for over a year now. If, uh, great intention. Cupboard's still the same that it was yesterday. I know for myself that for years I was like, oh, man, I, I, gotta, I gotta start losing some weight. I great, I, I great desire. I need to do it, as I kept Slurpees, Pop, Tim Hortons, cookies, Big Mac. Oh, man. I know it's getting lunchtime. Some of you are like, quit talking about But a month ago, I hit a spot where I said, you know what? I'm going to change what I'm doing. And I, I went on a specific diet. And I'm here to tell you, four weeks later, no word of a lie, lost close to 25 pounds. 25 pounds. Now, for me, I, that, I don't want you to really celebrate that I accomplished that. I want you to hear that if you want to see God use you in a greater capacity, you want to let him be, you want to be his hands, you got to become intentional about it. You got to say, you know what? I'm going to change the way I do things. I'm going to allow for more time for this. I'm actually going to do this. How about we just do this? Ask God every day, God, who do you want me to reach? We, that we look for opportunities to connect with people. And one of the things that I want to challenge each one of you to do starting this week, is I want you to pray about over this summer who God would ask you to reach out to. That you would pray about, you'd write down their name, you'd pray over it every day. You'd say, God, give me opportunities to be used by you to see them changed. And here's the last thing that I want to say about this because I think this is so important. That, second, that lastly, that we would trust God with the results. Here's what is cool. Listen to this. It's not our job to change people. Who here is thankful for that? You see, our job is to reach people. Jesus is the only person that can change somebody's heart. 
So here's what I want you to know. If you reach and you keep reaching, you're walking in obedience to God. It's his job to change their hearts. The more we love, listen, and lean on Jesus, the more we will see lives change. And I'll tell you what, this has been something that's so liberating for me. If I can have Catherine come up, we're going to close our service here. You see, I'm so thankful in my life when it comes to my walk with Jesus for the people who reached out to me. I'm thankful for my aunt and uncle who when I was 11 years old reached out to my mom and loved her so much they loved her enough to share Jesus with her and she became a follower of Jesus when I was 11 years old. I've shared to this church many times that that my life changed. I went from casually attending church once every couple years at Christmas or Easter to this was a part of our life. We just, I began to grow and I began to learn things. And then I want to say that I'm very thankful for my Cub Scout or what we called in our church Royal Ranger leader. He, uh, uh, he, he deserves an incredible medal because he put up with my nonsense every week. I was a difficult preteen and junior high student. I, I was in trouble all the time. I've shared this, that when I was uh, 11 years old, I got kicked out of Sunday school and church. You know things are going bad in your life when Sunday school says, yeah, you, you can't, we can't do this for you. We, we can't help you. You're expelled from Sunday school. Um, but, but this gentleman had the courage to come and ask me if I wanted to see Jesus in my life, and I said yes. Probably, probably truly that most unlikely kid. That was me. I'm thankful that he was willing to reach out to me. And then lastly, for my youth pastor who helped me deal with some deep personal issues and become the man that I am today who helped me work through things. You see, it took somebody who was willing to lay down their life so that I could see the life that Jesus had to me, had for me. You see, this summer we're going to look for more opportunities to give you to help reach out to people. From events like day camp for our kids, I want to encourage you to come and get involved with that. Either send kids there, volunteer there, or, or for kids at youth camp. God changes a lot of lives. To our awesome Stampede Breakfast. Who loves our Stampede Breakfast? Did you know that's only just a little over a month away that we're going to have our Stampede Breakfast? And I want to encourage you to come not only to serve and make pancakes and set chairs up and do all those things, because last year we had over 1,300 people come, that you would be somebody that would say, God, could you connect me to some people that are coming from our neighborhood and the surrounding area? Would you use me? And that you maybe invite the person that you're going to write down on that piece of paper that you're, that you're going to pray about. As well in July and August, we're going to have some special preaching series that are going to be highly invitational because I'm believing this summer that we're going to see people added to our faith community, added to the kingdom of God. The first series we're going to do in July is called At the Movies. We're actually going to take movies and watch portions of them and share some life-impacting message from movies that people would know about. It's going to be fun. We're going to have popcorn in here. Uh, we're going to, it's going to be just a lot of fun. And then in August, we're going to do a series called Does the Bible Really Say That? And it's going to be talking about some of the hot button topics that people have in their life or questions that people have about what the Bible says. And I want you to know, I think it's going to be very impactful for people. So we're doing this so that you could invite more people to come and hear what Jesus is going to do. Are you excited about this? 
Are you excited to learn some things? So now, now I, got, I got to ask you this, though. Maybe you're here and this hasn't been an area that you're really comfortable with or confident in. That's reaching out to people, especially reaching out to people with the intention of seeing Jesus touch their life. Maybe you're a little bit scared. Maybe you're nervous. Maybe you're feeling that fear even welling up. But you're saying, Pastor Todd, with God's grace and his help, I want to see God use me in the ways that you're talking about. 